It is Free Talk Live, and you are welcome to bring up whatever's on your mind. As always, our toll-free number is available to you at 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. And you can Skype on in here, Skype username lrn.fm. Want to welcome our brand newest radio affiliate, which is actually a former affiliate that has come back into I always the, love those. Yep, that has come back into the Free Talk Live fold. Well, you know, it's always nice when that happens because you know it's not something we did that got us uh, removed the first time. It's usually just some sort of business thing. Scheduling. That, and yeah, whatever. Formats and uh, stuff. But uh, WMEL, the Talk To Me station, is back. Uh, they are on the east coast of Florida over in the Melbourne, Cocoa area of Florida. And uh, they've upgraded to a bigger and better AM transmitter, which has three FM translators in Melbourne and Cocoa. Jeez, well, it's so, a long county, Brevard. Yeah. It's uh, it runs all along the coast there. It's it's not particularly wide, but it's deep or something like that. Yeah. So welcome uh, to our listeners there, and uh, they're back in a big way. They're carrying us five nights a week, Tuesday through Saturday nights, uh, in the late nights, so 10 p.m. on. So you're not hearing us live if you're listening to WMEL, but if you want to participate in the show, you're always welcome to call us between 7 and 10 at night Eastern Time, and we're here seven nights a week. So don't hesitate. You know, If you feel so inclined, you want to join the conversation, you want to bring up some sort of topic that you want to hear discussed on the radio, that's what we're here for. That's what we do. Maybe you're new to the show and you didn't hear us back when we used to be on. I think we were on uh, weekends previously, so it's good to be uh, on and expanded in uh, Melbourne there on WMEL. Yeah, um, so Brevard County kind of looks like Delaware, except it doesn't have that little helmet at the top. I don't know anything about the east coast of Florida, man. Yeah. I, I, I visited there like once. I'm just telling like you what once. it looks like. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's got uh, Cape Canaveral. You're familiar with that, right? Yeah, that's the one place on the East Coast that I actually... No, I went to... Um, what's the, the place with the... Oh, God. The uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in it. I have no idea where your canned ordinary... St. Augustine. Are. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Cape Canaveral. That's where the rockets are. Is in Brevard County. Yeah. Ripley's Believe It or Not's all across America and probably the world. It's okay. a, you know, just your average crappy uh, um, attraction. I thought it was pretty cool as a kid. I un- understand you enjoyed it. <laughs> Shooting rockets into outer space is pretty cool. Yeah, but you don't get to see that every day over there. You get to see it often enough if you live there. Sure enough. Sure enough. <laughs> the night the night launches are the best. Yeah, I bet they are. So uh, it's actually, uh, call letters are actually WWBC, but they're still calling themselves WMEL, the Talk to Me station. So welcome to the program. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM, 855-450-3733. And we do have Skype, by the way. Our Skype username is lrn.fm, so feel free to contact us that way. And I do mean, by by contact, I mean call. Uh, Skype is, you know, we're not going to read your text messages on the air. We got enough to talk about here, but we want you to join the conversation and have a conversation with us about whatever's on your mind. So we're going to start out tonight with the news about the Bill Cosby uh, case. And the news is that the jury is deliberating. And we haven't really covered this case in quite a while. I mean, we talked about it briefly in the past, but not when it was actually in the trial phase, and I guess it, it has been recently, and now the jury is is uh, g- going into another day of uh, deliberations. From Norristown, Pennsylvania, CBS and AP News reporting the jury in the Bill Cosby sexual assault case is weighing charges that could send him to prison for the rest of his life. Yeah. 
drilled down Tuesday on what the TV star had said happened in his suburban Philadelphia home and how he characterized his relationship with the accuser. Judge Stephen O'Neill spent an hour rereading pieces of Cosby's deposition from 2005. They wanted to revisit the portion of the deposition where the comedian, who's now 79 years old, talked about giving Andrea Constand three friends. She sat with her back to the kitchen wall, said Cosby, and there was talk of tension, yes, about relaxation, and Andrea trying to learn to relax the shoulders, the head, etc. And I went upstairs, and I went into my pack, and I broke one uh, I broke one whole one and brought a half down and told her to take it. Your friends, Cosby said, he told her. I have three friends for you to make you relax. Cosby later told police the pills were Benadryl, an over-the-counter cold and allergy medicine. Constan, then an athletic six-foot-tall college basketball staffer, said they made her dazed and groggy and unable to say no or fight back when Cosby went inside her pants. As they poured over Cosby's words, the jurors appeared to struggle with some language in one of the charges against him, which was without her knowledge, that, that, that language. Uh, the jury is considering three counts of felony aggravated indecent assault. The third count covers Cosby's alleged use of pills to impair Constan before groping her breast and genitals. Uh, the jury is asking about the phrasing Tuesday, or asked about the phrasing this morning, but uh, O'Neill said he couldn't define it for them. The jury came back later they Tuesday. They can't define the law for you? Apparently not. Uh, it's, it's up to you to interpret that, I suppose. Okay. The jury came back later Tuesday and asked to hear testimony about the initial police report that Constan filed with Durham Police in 2005. With how long deliberations have lasted, Cosby's legal team is confident and cautiously optimistic because some would say that if the jury takes a long time to deliberate, the odds are increased that they're going to come back either hung or not guilty. Well, somebody's holding on some in some way, right? That's usually the, the sign of that, yes. And, you know, in the case of uh, Cosby, it's, uh, it's a celebrity, so people understand the importance of having a good decision. I think far too many people, um, you know, just find that everybody just wants to go home, yep. and if they can compromise guilty. on you being guilty, then they'll compromise on you being guilty. I mean, there's They're making pot, 15 bucks a day. There's pot pies to make, right? I yep. mean, you know, everybody's hungry. Uh, the, kids, the kids need to, to do their homework. Um, you know, this whole jury thing, it's pain. The I'm against juries generally. I don't have any idea what happened in the Cosby case. I don't know. Well, he allegedly drugged a woman and then uh, allegedly... I know what allegedly he did. Her. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't know. I mean, you know, you become... One of a myriad, supposedly, but this case I think only deals with the one. I think that um, as people become powerful, they tend to become less accountable in their actions. Mm -hmm. Further, I think as people become um, important, they become targets. So I don't... You What's know, the I, truth? I have no, yeah. I, I, you know, I sh I'm uh, going to take the opinion that I have no opinion because what do I know about this case? The DA's closing arguments, uh, he put a lot of fiction in those arguments to try and sway the jury, and I think that's what the jury is looking at now, said Cosby's spokesperson, Andrew Wyatt. He added, quote, this jury, they're intelligent, they're asking the right questions, and he feels confident they'll come back and make the right decision, unquote. The defense insisted throughout the trial that Constand hid the fact they'd had a romantic relationship before the early 2004 encounter when she went to police a year later. Cosby, his lawyer, said never ran from talking to police 
For better or worse, he never shuts up, said lawyer Brian McGonigal of his client in closing arguments Monday morning. Nonetheless, the comedian whose storytelling artistry fueled a $400 million fortune went quiet Monday when he had the chance to take the stand. The defense started and ended its case Monday within six minutes of repeat testimony from a detective. Cosby couldn't risk taking the stand and being cross-examined about the 60 other accusers if he denied ever drugging or molesting anyone. Constan, by contrast, testified for more than seven hours last week. She had waited 12 years for her day in court, and authorities had declined to charge Cosby when she first came forward in 2005. Then other women started coming forward. Her lawsuit against him had elicited four days of testimony from Cosby about his sexual conduct with some of them. The testimony unsealed in 2015 wasn't pretty coming from the beloved TV dad. No, it's uh, it's very sad. And I, what I do is I, I feel the worst for sort of his wife in this circumstance. Um, he, he, she should have divorced him. He she was there with him in court. Yeah, apparently she should have divorced him. He should have given her everything in it. And then, you know, she can let him live there in her house if if she wants. But um, this would be the way to handle that situation. Think about that in terms of the courage Andrea Constand has shown, said the district attorney Kevin Steele in his forceful closing arguments as Constand sat with detectives, her mother and other accusers in the front row. The defense has tried repeatedly since his arrest in 2015 to have the case shut down. They said the charges were filed too late, that the accusers were after money, and they complained that prosecutors were improperly striking blacks from the jury chosen in Pittsburgh. More coming up here. You can share your thoughts on the Cosby case or whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You dial toll-free. Join us right here. Our number, 855-450-FREE, like freedom, 855-450-3733. We've got Skype as well, and the Skype username is lrn.fm. Mark, looks uh, looks like you've been taking advantage of simbi.com to get some commercials done for Free Talk Live. Pretty cool. Yeah, I could call it audio work. That way people don't feel like they're uh, doing radio commercials, but uh, it's the truth. I mean, they're they're helping me with radio ads. Um, well, what know, would be wrong with feeling like that? There's nothing wrong with doing that. I don't know. I mean, I think that uh, the, the old way that radio commercials used to be done is, is that every time your voice was played in any market anywhere you got a little 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 some kind of payment and um, we don't do it that way they don't do it that way anymore at all huh i mean i there's probably somebody who does the you know payouts that way but it's just not done anymore now it's a straight flat payment and they you know they own your voice uh for that particular um 30 or 60 seconds i wonder how it works in television if it works anything if it's changed anyway similarly i couldn't say but i can tell you that uh you know it just doesn't i i don't know of any um ads that are that way as long as i've been doing ads it's always been you get paid for the the what you you know cut right then you know so my voice has been all over America doing text tag and title not included deal or destination please may apply she got it wrong a little bit but whatever so um, you used simbi.com though to find the talent right and I didn't need money you don't need money to do simbi.com is all you have to do you have to is be willing to trade though right yeah if you is trade your 
services and goods. They do goods there too, mm-hmm. but mostly services. Virtual services are things that work really well for but Simbi. You didn't have to have anything specific to trade to this person. You didn't have to nope. give them like chicken eggs or anything like that. Nope. You've got uh, Simbi credits. So you work, I mean, it's, it's currency, right? They've yeah. got their own currency right there. So I've done work with people on Simbi and Simbi itself. And I've hmm. got Simbis, which are the, the credits. And you just wouldn't believe the kind of diversity of services that they have over there. It was great. I uh, cool. put up an ad and, you know, quick. How fast? Within you know, a couple hours. That's fast. Yeah, a couple hours. I just, I put it right up with the uh, the verbiage that I wanted and mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking for a few different people to cut the ads so I have a diversity of voices. Do you put what you offer up there or do you accept offers from the respondents? You can do both of those things. So wow, you can offer cool. what you want um, and what you want to get paid mm-hmm. or you can counter offer. ask for what you need and that's what uh what i did neat so very cool people like those offers because it's like oh yeah i could do that mm-hmm. to do this all you need is audacity a uh, decent mic uh, yeah, yeah a decent mic uh, a free program off the internet and you know a voice there you go you're making money there you go simbi.com simbi.com it's for the symbiotic community simbi.com so a little bit more here on the Cosby case. He is, uh, or the the jury's deliberating. They're in their at least second day here. I'm not sure how many days they've been deliberating, but this is another one today. And they've been coming back with a lot of questions for the judge. Uh, one question about some of the words in the assault charges that he's been hit with. Felony aggravated indecent assault charges. Three counts of those. Uh, saying that, you know, they're wondering what it means when the law itself or the you know the charges under which he's been brought are referring to without her knowledge now i don't have the full statement here but the idea being that he drugged her allegedly and they're saying that well, she he drugged her does that mean he held her down and gave her um you know pills or whatever I no mean, the, well that the defense she took is saying that she, right the yeah. defense is saying that he gave her you know obviously gave her the pills and she took them mm-hmm. um so she's saying that that then put her in a position where she couldn't say no uh and rebuff his advances the defense is saying that constand who's the accuser in this case was a willing romantic partner uh, defense attorney McGonagall cited gifts and phone calls between Cosby and Constand to show she was more than just a college sports staffer trying to placate a powerful Temple University trustee. He said, quote, this isn't talking to a trustee. This is talking to a lover, he said of one phone call that lasted for 49 minutes. Quote, why are we running from the truth of this case, this relationship? Why? I don't understand it said the attorney, Camille Cosby. I think the most damning thing for Bill Cosby is just the sheer number of people that are bringing charges. The accusations. Well, there's not charges. There's there's accusations. I I, I guess I should have said, I was saying charges sort of in the social sense as opposed to the legal sense. Right, because many of them are, it's been too long. Right, so these accusations that stand, but that's not the way courts are supposed to work. Well, supposedly the jury wouldn't necessarily know about those things. They right? shouldn't. Um, they, they, it shouldn't be something that they take into their deliberation. Although we've seen that uh, in the Ross Ulbricht case that they're right. more than happy, at least in federal court, to trot out all kinds of unprecedented, un, you know, proven allegations about somebody like, you know, drag someone through the mud accusing Ross Ulbricht, the founder of the Silk Road, a online website where people could trade uh, Bitcoin for drugs that uh, they, you know, they accused him of committing murder or hiring somebody to commit murder, even though he's never been charged with that or convicted of it. So 
It just depends on what they're going to allow in, apparently. Right. And and it doesn't matter if it's it doesn't matter if it's Jeffrey Dahmer, right? Like he killed the people he killed, and he didn't kill the people he didn't kill. Mm-hmm. And so that means that you know the the way that our courts system is supposed to work is is that a charge is brought and the evidence is weighed and, and you should be able to face your accuser yep you should yeah. be able to face your accuser which of course is very difficult when you're dealing with murder charge sure um and you know that's how it's supposed to be not um you know oh, hey looks like there's a whole bunch of people that are charging um you know making accusations that that's not supposed to weigh in at all Camille Cosby sat stoically in the first row behind her husband of 53 years at the defense table, about 30 feet from Ms. Constand. Gloria Allred, who represents some of Cosby's accusers, believes he's guilty. She said, quote, We have Mr. Cosby's own admission under oath that he provided three pills that she didn't consent, Andrea, and that he found Andrea Constand to be truthful and that he digitally penetrated her and groped her breasts after she had taken those pills. The only issue in this case is consent, she said. Cosby faces up to 10 years in prison on each of the three counts, but they could be merged for sentencing purposes. And again, he is 79 years old. One wonders what the purpose of sentencing is. Uh, This is a uh, what this is, is this is an opportunity for uh, what's this woman, Constance? Uh, Constand. Constand. Yeah. To uh, be able to sue him and his estate. And. Look, you know, if he did it, then fine. If he didn't do it, then, you know, absolutely shouldn't be. I'm not, you know, making a value judgment on that. It's just that a 79-year-old, you know, man going to prison isn't of much value to uh, society at whole. Like, is he a danger to any of us right now? Um, Well, they're going to claim that he is. I mean, that he could do this again, presumably. Well, um what can I say? It doesn't seem very likely to me. Um, it seems that the word's out. I mean, yeah. uh, it's probably unlikely that you're going to be, you know, that people aren't going to be aware of what he's been accused of doing. The biggest problem I, uh, you know, have with this whole thing is is that, uh, you know, frankly, his wife should have divorced him and taken the money, and then, um, you know, she wouldn't be at, uh, you know, she wouldn't be having the sword pointed at her throat on this one. You know what I mean? Oh, as far as uh, the estate is concerned, you right. mean? Right. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that the constant woman doesn't deserve some kind of um, monetary uh, settlement or whatever uh, based on what happened to her. I just don't think that, you know. Well, that- I mean, what did happen to her, right? I mean, if she voluntarily took those pills and then didn't report it until a year later, I mean, there's some questionable circumstances on her side of things, too. I'm not saying Cosby is a defensible guy necessarily, but there's more coming up here in moments. You can share your thoughts. 855-450-FREE. Like freedom. What's the truth here? Tired of spending hours hunting down the day's essential political news and views? Let Tom and Steve at Rational Review News Digest do it for you. Visit RationalReview.com for free hand-curated news, commentary, and audio and video content. Choose from web, social media, and once-daily email editions. We've been the Freedom Movement's daily newspaper since 1991. Come find out why at RationalReview.com. It is Free Talk Live. You dial toll-free. Join us right here. Our number is 855-450-FREE. Like freedom, that's 855-450-3733. We do have Skype. 
And you can Skype on in here. Skype username LRN.FM. With you in the studio tonight, you've got Ian. And Johnson. And Mark. And don't forget, you can join us online. Just head on over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have waiting for you on the site, including our front page where you can actually create the content that you see there over at freetalklive.com. It's a Reddit-based site, so that the front page is Reddit-based, so it's free to interact. You can submit content that you find online that you think our listeners would appreciate, uh, that you think we might want to talk about on the air. You just submit it over at freetalklive.com, and then maybe we'll talk about it. Of course, the best way to get your thoughts on the air is to call in toll-free at 855-450-FREE, like freedom. Uh, I think we've pretty much gone through most of this Cosby case, at least you know what's going on right now, which is the jury deliberating over a 79-year-old man who is accused of doing some you know inappropriate things. With, Throughout the years. Yeah, over, what, decades, I guess? Yeah. With the Hey, hey, hey. Up to- <laughs> well, you know, somebody had to make a Bill Cosby joke. <laughs> that was from Fat Albert, right? Well, that was technically Bill Cosby. Yeah, Bill true. Cosby did the voiceover for Fat Albert. Right. I imagine he created the whole thing. I think he did. Yeah. Uh, so now you can make other characters. Six? No, don't. <laughs> All you're allowed to do is hey, hey, hey. That's it. Sixty accusers. One in this particular criminal case. He's facing three felony counts. Maybe as many as thirty years in prison. Yeah, ten I mean, years per count. Come on, though. You can put a little spin on. You can be like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I, I think yeah. He I think he did something like that. Yeah. yeah. So you're welcome to comment. Let's go to your calls and thoughts. You can bring up anything that you want. Coming up, the latest out of Venezuela, where the Supreme Court's been set on fire, uh, apparently, and the young man who was kidnapped in North Korea by the government there, he's been released in a coma. We can uh, give you all that information. You can share your thoughts with us here. Plus, Johnson, you'll be telling us about the thin blue line <laughs> running down the road here in our very own Keene, New and Hampshire. other towns as well. Yeah, uh, we'll get into that. But first, we go to Skype, where Stefan is on the line in Ohio. Go ahead, Stefan. Hey, guys. How are you doing? What's on your mind tonight? I had an interesting experience with my county coordinator for the Libertarian Party tonight, and it made me kind of realize why the Libertarian Party isn't going anywhere in most places. In what the is a county coordinator? Uh, one of the directors at the Libertarian Party who just tries to organize events in the county. For example, tonight he wanted me to go to a town right 15, down, 15 minutes down the road, Columbiana, Ohio, and he wanted me to come testify – because they wanted to ban front yard gardens there. Oh, no. And the more I thought about it, I realized what good does that accomplish getting people into the Libertarian Party or into the movement? Wait, wait okay. what good does what accomplish? You testifying at a city council meeting? Yeah. What does that accomplish? I understand. Think about it like this. Even if we were successful, if we got them to say, okay, guess what? We're not going to ban front lawn gardens anymore. Who cares? People who have front day, lawn gardens? But that's not just the. But how is that going to get people within the Libertarian Party? I doubt they're going to see. You hey, do understand the, the purpose of the Libertarian Party isn't just to grow the party; it's to stand up for liberty. Yes, but how- no, grow the party. <laughs> <laughs> but think about it like this. All right, I think that's a completely nonpartisan issue. I don't think anybody wants to get rid of front lawn gardens. Yeah, yes, the, they but do. That's why they're passing. grateful to the people that stand up for them. And right. in all likelihood, the Democrats and Republicans will not because they have not up to this point. It's likely the Democrats and the Republicans who are putting forward this particular proposal. 
to you know control people's front yard gardens. I mean, they've threatened people in other places over this. We had a story out of Orlando where a couple had a beautiful front yard uh, garden. They were you know growing vegetables that they could use in their kitchen. And uh, the city came after them. I don't remember if it was Orlando or Kissimmee or which city it was, but they came after him and they came after him hard with uh, hundreds of dollars a day in fines, if I'm recalling correctly. And so if if you guys are the ones who are actually taking the government to task on this, not only are you going to get the appreciation of the individuals who are involved and all of the people who are you know likely close friends with them, who care about them, but you also might very well get some publicity out of, let's say there's a, I know that at a lot of the city council meetings here in Keene, there's almost always news media present. You know, they always, the the newspaper, the radio station, you know, there's a talk radio station here. They almost always bring out one of their reporters to just sort of do the regular city council meeting coverage. And if this is like the hot issue in that city council meeting, then they're going to say, you know, Stefan from Ohio, from the Libertarian Party, said blah, 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 and he opposed this ordinance. So it's going to likely get the Libertarian Party some publicity, but whether or not it's going to acquire publicity shouldn't be the motivating factor. It should be the motivating factor, in my opinion, should be to do the right thing on behalf of uh, the people in the community. Well, uh, the, the, I would say it would go like this, but it seems like the person putting this together didn't know anything about it. When I was invited, he refused to give me any details on it and said, oh, we're going to meet at a pizza place beforehand. And it makes me think, shouldn't you be telling us the details of what's happening in Columbiana before you invite me to come there? Okay. So that's a minor quibble on his organizational ability, but at the very least, he's inviting you to to come. I mean, from that aspect, he is doing his job, which is to try to garner some interest. And, you know, maybe your critique is valid that he is not as well informed on the issue as you might like him to be. But if you think you can do a better job, maybe you should step up and take his position next time it's being assigned. I have no idea how it's assigned. That's what I'm actually trying to figure out. Is it an elected office or does the party put it together? There's you know, no elected offices within the Libertarian Party. I mean, unless it's within the Libertarian Party. It's not the government that, you know, you're not going to go vote at uh, at a voting day for a Libertarian Party position. It's likely one of those things where they say, oh, we need a coordinator for such and such county at the yearly convention that they have. And then they look to see if anybody's going to raise their hand. And if nobody raises their hand, then, you know, they'll get desperate. At that point. Well, the thing, another thing is, I have been telling these people for over a month now, maybe we should actually go door to door, hand out flyers and actually go talk to people, not have pizza parties and just go to a city council meeting like once every five or six months. It seems like for the most part, they're lazy until it's something right down. Now, the road. what is your what is your reason for going door to door to just talk to people about the Libertarian Party? I mean, that's kind of. You know Jehovah's Witness uh, <laughs> approach, say, right? Have time for the and they're free, and they're free to shut the door on me. But if they talk to us, that's how you get things done, right? But you know, generally, when you go door to us. door, and you know, I appreciate the, uh, I, I definitely appreciate your interest in doing things. That's important to have the drive to get out there and do stuff. But generally, when you go door to door, there's some sort of mission. There's some kind of goal that you're looking to accomplish. Maybe you want to promote a particular candidate for office. That's probably the most common reason to go door to door. Or there's uh, maybe an upcoming issue vote, and you want to talk to people about that particular issue. To just go and knock on doors and promote the Libertarian Party, I don't know if that's the most effective 
way to do things, but I wouldn't tell you to not do it. I just don't know if you're going to get a very you know enthusiastic group of people to go along with you. Well, it's not just the party. You know, I see it more of the principles of the party. Mm-hmm. Which over the years I feel like have fallen apart. I mean, for example, the, an interesting uh, case of that is the state party doesn't seem too interested in me for their uh, nominee for governor because mm. somebody's last name is Taft. It seems more like a popularity cons- contest. You understand what I'm trying to say? You're saying another libertarian who wants to run for governor last name is Taft, and they're getting behind him. Yes, mostly because his last name is Taft. Because if your last name is Taft in Ohio, you can be elected God pretty much. Huh. Okay. Yeah, Taft was a uh, that was a president, right? Yeah, a pretty good one and um, a governor. As far as uh, you know, small government presidents go within the 20th century. Yeah, I mean, I would say you know one of the problems with group action is that not everyone in the group is going to agree. You know, his his animal was the possum. Possum. <laughs> his yes. animal. That's what's. He had a pet possum in the Te- White House? No, te- uh, Teddy Roosevelt te- made the teddy bear, and Taft came right after him, sort of uh, the, the bear. Teddy Roosevelt popularized the teddy bear. Yeah. And so he popularized a possum? Well, I mean, they needed a... After Teddy Roosevelt had a teddy bear, then the next president had to have an animal. We're coming up here in possum. moments. Giant Our toll-free rat. numbers 855-450-FREE. Like Freedom, Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You dial on in toll-free. Join us right here. Our number is 855-450-FREE. Like Freedom, that's 855-450-3733. We do have Skype, and the Skype username is lrn.fm. It's Ian Johnson and Mark in the studio tonight. And there's big Dash news coming out of New Hampshire. We've been talking a lot about Dash, the digital cash, a digital money platform designed to replace cash and help people manage their own wealth. It's fast, private, and easy. Fees are low and transactions are fast and can even be confirmed instantly. You can pay anyone anywhere in the world anytime for pennies on the dollar. Dash is decentralized. It's run by users who earn rewards for helping run the network and make governance decisions. Anyone can invest in Dash and earn rewards for helping run the Dash network. Now, one of the things that was pointed out here in this big news uh, piece by Derek J., former co-host here on Free Talk Live, he's blogging over at freekeen.com, is that people have been getting more interested in Dash, but until now, acquiring Dash meant you had to acquire like Bitcoin first, and then you had to trade the Bitcoin for Dash. Most most of the time, that's what most people were doing to acquire their Dash. That's what I've done uh, to uh, to get some Dash. I've traded Bitcoin for Dash. And, of course, when you do that, you've got to pay a Bitcoin fee. And the Bitcoin fees are insane right now. So yep. what if you could get Dash for cash? What if you could use the old ugly money, the stuff you got, the greenbacks in your wallet, and uh, put those into a vending machine, and then out comes Dash. Well, now you can if you're on the seacoast of New Hampshire. Derek J. and his uh, boyfriend, partner, uh, Stephen Zeller. Partner in crime. Zeller. Uh, have, they've had their Bitcoin vending machine in operation now for several months out there on the seacoast in the Seacoast Repertory Theater. But as of this week, uh, officially, I guess, as of today, that machine now offers Dash to people who would like to. So you can purchase 
two different types of cryptocurrency. And this is not, I'm sure it's not the first machine that can do this anywhere in the world, but it's definitely the first one in New Hampshire. It's probably the first one in all of New England. And I think you're going to see more of this over time. As uh, from what I understand, the Dash network, uh, which is an incredibly smart group of people because they are taking a portion of their proceeds from mining Dash into existence and they're spending that on promoting Dash. So instead of it all just going to the miners and into the miners' pockets, they're using their governance structure to make proposals. And one of those proposals has been uh, that the back end of a lot of Bitcoin vending machines and Bitcoin ATMs will be upgraded to uh, to be able to handle Dash. So you're likely going to see more. Like This is the, probably going to be the beginning of a trend, I would guess, because a lot of people are getting tired. They're getting tired of paying the Bitcoin fees, and they're looking for other options. And if they're going to go buy something from a vending machine, a Bitcoin vending machine, and then there's Dash there as an option for them, why bother jumping through the Bitcoin hoops first? Why not just go straight from cash into Dash? And it may very well uh, give them the opportunity to learn about Dash. So, uh, and I love Steven Zeiler's uh, quote here. Until now, it was only possible to get Dash in exchange for another digital currency. Now people can retire their dirty old Federal Reserve notes into the machine where they'll be shredded. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, currently one Dash is running just under 200 U.S. dollars. And, of course, recently also in New Hampshire, Governor Chris Sununu, as Derek J. points out, signed legislation extending protection to businesses that use digital currency, uh, protecting them from regulation, making it the most cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency-friendly state in the union. So big news uh, from the Dash scene here. If you want to learn more about Dash and the momentum behind it, go to Dash.org and find out more about Dash. Dash.org. As we go back to Stefan, he's in Ohio. He's frustrated with the Libertarian Party there. They're not doing things the way you think that they should be doing them, uh, Stefan. And one of the things that you'll learn, and, and you are learning, and you're, you're still fairly young, you're, you're 18, correct? Yeah, going on 19. So uh, one of the things you'll learn that uh, you know relatively quickly here within the Libertarian Party is that people just don't get along. And uh, if you get 30 people together in a group, there's likely going to be splinters and fractures, schisms uh, within that group, major fallouts and, and disagreements. And uh, it's a real challenge to get people to come together and, and work cohesively on, on a particular issue because everybody's always criticizing you know, the way whoever it is that's in charge is doing something. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, they don't use the term cat herder to describe people in charge of libertarian organizations for nothing. Oh, yeah. And I guess it's just because a lot of the time there's no real solid definition a lot of people would think on what a libertarian is. Some people that describe themselves as libertarian won't agree with you guys, for example. Like, you know, Austin Peterson considers himself a libertarian, but he's radically different than like Daryl Perry, for example. Austin Peterson was running against Daryl Perry. Daryl's one of our co-hosts here on Free Talk Live. He's Uh, not radically different. I would. uh, He's very radically different. Austin Peterson advocates (laughs) for the abolishment of the non-aggression principle. That's not radically different. That's That's very radically different. No, that's that's an incredible radical difference, Mark, because that's the foundational principle of the libertarian party. You've got a guy claiming to be a libertarian, this Austin Peterson character, who wants to abolish the non-aggression principle, which is the ground you know, level uh, principle that the party was founded on. So he wants to essentially eviscerate and gut any kind of principle and meaning from the libertarian party. That is a radical difference. It is a radical difference in the sense that radical means to the root, right? And if you yeah, want to and change, he wants to cut the yeah, root out. That's correct. Yeah. 
But radical, I think, in most people's usage means he disagrees on nearly every issue, which is... He disagrees on a lot of issues. Now, go, go watch... Including the most important one. Go watch all... There's a whole bunches of debates... Uh, between, I got better things to do. Well, th- that's because you don't want to know the truth. No, the I've seen enough. Ended, yeah. I've seen enough of him. Yeah, I've Austin talked to Darren. Awful. I'm not claiming that he's the best libertarian on or the planet. Or even a libertarian. That would be a very fair claim to make. By definition, he's not a libertarian. He's not a libertarian. Well, by your definition. Yeah, the definition of the non-aggression principle. You go look up libertarian, and I think you're going to find that. That's not just my definition, Mark. Um, I will not use political what, what's the statement yeah i I, uh, I don't know it's uh, politi- basically you not initiate force uh, political or uh, won't initiate force uh, or advocate the initiation of force to right. achieve political or social goals that's definitely not austin peterson and this is what i'm witnessing now is an example of some people just can't come together on what a definition of a libertarian is i would agree nope. that yes the non-aggression principle is the founding principle of the party but the platform of the party, it seems like not a lot of people can agree with that. You know, Austin Peterson yep. is very adamant that he's a libertarian. I and would some say people he is. would agree with that. Well, I, but you're but, not a libertarian, Mark. You are a Republican. So your opinion really doesn't matter. Oh, well, um, are you a libertarian? Yep. I'm a signed member of the New Hampshire Libertarian Party. But didn't you give up your National Libertarian I sure Party did. status? Yep, and um, I still have given that okay, status well, up. I've signed up for the Libertarian Party's uh, free membership that uh, that we, we oh, gave. Oh, you did? Good for you. LP.freetalklive.com. Yeah, did you renew it? Um, I don't think I have to because it hasn't been a full year. Oh, okay. But uh, nonetheless, it's, it's um, I get their newsletter. That's all I really wanted to get, see what's going on. And, um, you know, that's fine by me. The To be fair, though, I my opinion doesn't count because I'm not a libertarian. I'm uh, a, I don't know I'm why. I'm an anarcho-capitalist, to capitalist, and I find libertarian to be very unprincipled. <laughs> and Sorry, well, go ahead, Mark. They've been fighting about this in the Libertarian Party for a long time. I mean, I've been a Libertarian since I was basically uh, 18. Right. And uh, It wasn't an exciting debate then, so I'm not going to perpetuate it. I just want to make sure that people oh, are you're clear perpetuating that it all right. only, you know, Ian's got an opinion is the only opinion that ever counts ever is not no, there's a the, valid No, it's not just argument. my opinion. It's the opinion of a bunch of Libertarians the who've been involved for a long time. The Radical Caucus of the Libertarian Party, and the fact that the Libertarian Party needs a Libertarian caucus is both laughable and telling it's telling that the party has been infiltrated by a bunch of unprincipled hacks for a long time which is why you get people like austin peterson and gary johnson as leading vote getters in the presidential nomination i can't do anything in the republican party but i can be a celebritarian yep that's right that's why and that's and that's why i think we can't get things done it's like what happened to the reform party back in 2000 pat buchanan and his other failed republican goons came in and hijacked the party and absolutely drowned drove it into the ground basically and that's what's happening to the libertarian party and I think when you have people like that, that's why we can't get things done. Well, the Libertarian Party hasn't been... Uh, hasn't been driven into the ground. I mean, arguably, Has the, ever all gotten the, off the, the Gary Johnson campaign did bring it more votes. Twice. It probably did bring it more attention. And you could say that there are probably some people out there who have learned what the principles of liberty are because they found the Libertarian Party through Gary Johnson. But there's also a lot of people out there who are confused as hell as to what a Libertarian is because they might have had one idea, but then Gary Johnson's up there saying something completely different and something unprincipled and then they're wondering well what does it really mean to be a libertarian is it whatever gary johnson says no what it means to be a libertarian is you don't approve
approve of the initiation of force to achieve political or social goals. Period. That's the end of the story. And I would say that to anybody who's frustrated with the National Libertarian Party, you really need to get up to New Hampshire and get involved up here. And thank you for the call, Stefan. We've got probably the most principled Libertarian Party here in New Hampshire, and uh, we're about to announce within the next week or so another, a third representative in the New Hampshire state's uh, reps that's going to flip to Libertarian. Bitcoin.com is of the opinion that the current Bitcoin core development team is not taking satisfactory steps to ensure the growth and advancement of Bitcoin in accordance with Satoshi's vision. As community efforts to resolve these problems have failed, it is necessary to resolve them with a different approach. By using subreddit r slash BTC instead of r slash Bitcoin and running Bitcoin Unlimited, you are casting a vote against the current development team. Learn more at Bitcoin.com. That's Bitcoin.com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Our toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE, 855-450-3733. As uh, protesters apparently yesterday set the Supreme Court on fire in Venezuela, <laughs> which maybe things are coming to a head there. Maybe things are about ready to change. Why is it it's so shocking, the idea that one might set the Supreme Court on fire in the United States, but setting it on fire in Venezuela just gives my heart a little lift? Oh, I would laugh, too, if they set it on fire in the United States. I think that'd be hilarious. I can't say I feel the same way. As long as nobody dies. You know, just burn the building don't down. See, certainly don't want to see anybody yeah. die. Uh, so anyway, we can talk more about that. Your calls and thoughts are certainly welcome. Is it because the rule of law in Venezuela has clearly broken down and mostly been broken down by the government itself and that the Supreme Court there has authorized it on more than one occasion that, uh, you know, I just hear this little leap. Yay. Could be. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Uh, the Supreme Court has been, definitely has been behind some of the power grabs in involved in uh, Nicolas Maduro's administration there. So we can talk more about that. Also, the thin blue line has appeared on one of the streets in Keene, and uh, Keene, New Hampshire is where we do the show from. And it's basically a worshipful thing towards the police. They've painted a, a blue line down the middle of the street, which is the same street that leads to the police station. So it goes from the heart of downtown Keene. Uh, all the way sort of east into the police station area. So it covers the whole street. And it's really quite ugly. Uh, it's really garish. Like, it's bright. It's obnoxious. And, uh, Johnson, you wanted to cover this story because, you know, obviously it's being sort of put out there in the news media like, we love our police and that's why we've painted this blue line on the street. Isn't it nice? But it turns out that it might actually be illegal what the city of Keene has done, Johnson. That is correct. So... I have here a letter. Um, well, I don't know. How do we want to approach this? Do we want to do we want to talk about the story as it was written here locally first? Sure, or? why not? I mean, I haven't read that yet, so okay. Let me uh, let me go ahead and, and read that. Because- this is from the Keene Sentinel, the local newspaper, the only uh, newspaper here. Keene is a town of about twenty five thousand. They call it a city, but it's only got about twenty three. Large town, small city. Twenty five thousand people in it. So the article is titled "City Paints Blue Line to Show Appreciation for the Police Department." Um, because they don't get enough appreciation. Yeah, like, of course not. With the two hundred eighty thousand dollars Bearcat, yeah. uh, this tank device that yeah, they, they received. Get, you know, like what multi million dollar uh, 
military constant grants from the federal government and other places just giving money to the police department. Well, you know, they risk their lives as though risking your life is something completely out of the ordinary. Well, okay, so so the the risking your life is the, uh, that's the first immediate and easy step. Mailmen have been known to die from dog attack. It has happened. I hate the easy answer. I believe the easy answer is given by people who don't spend much time thinking about something. Um, I'm a firefighter as a matter of fact, I you was risk out your a, life. I was out on a call today. I don't think my life was really risked, but I. Um, if you're standing, even if you're standing by the road directing traffic, you're risking your life. Then my life was risked. Okay, um, that's but, probably a higher risk than a lot of the things you do. Well, I would give uh, this little piece of advice to people: is don't text and drive. Um, yeah, no doubt. Nonetheless, is next you're going to see, and you've seen them, right? The thin red line stickers. No. Oh, well, I see them. Maybe it's because I'm a firefighter. Yeah. So, you know, the firefighters, huh. not to let the police have their own little uh, They got you know, their own thing. gang symbol. They they got a thin red line sticker, which is ah. just a black field with a red line across it, right. just like the police one is a black field with a blue a horizontal line across it. Line. And, you know, if you want to have stickers on your car, it's not like the, um, you know, the fire department, you know, firefighters didn't have the fire department's union. Oh, they already had their plates and things like that, yeah. too. There's, there's usually, like, fire regalia all yep. over firemen's vehicles it's a great way to identify your you know yourself and hey, your family. brother yep right yep. is a cop repellent essentially oh is it the cops will leave you alone if you're a fireman well, I mean, I think that it's. I think you're going to have better time if mm-hmm. you've got the stickers and all that stuff. Yeah. If your if your turnout gears right there in the car with your helmet sitting on. Yeah. Just saying, I'm guessing it's probably going to be better. You're going to get you. some professional courtesy, is what you're saying. But and of course, my professional courtesy is all burnt up. I'm sure. Um, but but the thing I'm concerned with here is is if you go painting different colors on the road. Those lines are on the road for a reason. They communicate things to people. Mm -hmm. And do you want people wondering what the blue line on the road is for, or what what now the red line on the road is for, or the new green line to you know for the Parks and Rec guys? There's no explanation, right? That's the thing is is that they people aren't going to necessarily know what the line in the middle of the road is all about, right? And can I turn here? Can I cross over this line? Right, it's blue. Do you you want them spending a whole bunch of time trying to figure? Oh, so clearly it's a handicapped parking space. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I, you know, clearly what a resident should do is park their vehicle there. Right there in the middle of the road. Right there in the middle of the road. And if somebody hits it, then they should sue the city for making an unclear designated handicap right. spot. If you want to thank police, then uh, you know, donate to the fire uh, the, the police department's union, okay? Yeah, they'll, you wanna, you, they'll give you- It's too bad we didn't know enough people with like handicap spots to literally go take the vehicles and cover and, the entire road with hilarious. parked handicap It is a long vehicles. road, though. Yeah. Yeah. Just park them every 10 feet or so, you know? <laughs> but, uh, so, okay. So, I'm going to have a little break point in this, in this article because there is, is a point that I, that I didn't comment on originally on this where there is some massive cognitive dissonance right in the middle of this article, okay. and I, I need to point it out. So, All right. I will break there to interject uh, the explanation of this massive cognitive Yeah, I want to hear this because okay. I haven't read this yet. Okay. So, the thin blue line, or sorry, no, uh, sorry, this... Uh, Blue line. The blue line starts at the beginning of Marlboro Street after the roundabout on Main Street. It continues between the two the street's two yellow no passing lines and ends just before the intersection at Optical Avenue. Right. That's at the whole the thing. The whole the police department. Got to be close yep. to a mile. Yep. It's where, long. Where it ends is no coincidence. Keen Ward Five Councilor Philip N. Jones, who first proposed the painting the line last fall, wanted the city's police officers to be able to see it every day. <laughs> 
They have to drive down that road every day to go to work, he said. The freshly painted line on Marlborough Street is meant as a sign of respect and appreciation for the city's police officers, Jones said. As though they don't have enough trophies and other crap. I'm sure they just prefer a raise in their paycheck. Um, That's what uh, the police in Manchester We should just pay them unlimited amounts of money. There's there's no amount of appreciation that we could possibly ever. Their life's on the line, right? How many boxes of donuts would this line, all the paint that they had to pay for this job, what would that have purchased? You could have gotten them donuts every weekend. $500 worth of, it's about that, that's what they claim it cost. Yeah. Yeah, so yep. that in, in Manchester today, the firefighters union just uh, you know was demanding the same raise that the police department got. Mm-hmm. So this is the thing: is it takes municipal t- services to break a village. Well, the freshly painted line on Marlboro Street is meant as a sign of respect and appreciation for the city's police officers, Jones said. City councilor at large, Randy Filiot, echoed the sentiment. It's a visual reminder that every day the city and its people have the officers' backs and always will, he said. I love how they speak for everyone. Right. Yeah. The phrase. You're not one of the city's people. Here we go. Cognitive dissonance time. The phrase, thin blue line, originated from a 1988 film about a man convicted and sentenced to death for the murder of a Dallas police officer that it turns out he didn't commit. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, that's right. This movie was Serpico. Oh, what was the Thin Blue Line actually about? Oh, the Thin Blue Line is actually the same term as what's called the Blue Wall of Silence. Let's go to Wikipedia, shall we? Oh, the Blue Wall of Silence, also the Blue Code, <laughs> also the Blue Shield, are terms used in the United States the to denote the unwritten rule that purportedly exists among police officers to not report on a colleague's errors, misconducts, or crimes, yep. including police brutality. If questioned about an incident of alleged misconduct involving another officer during the course of official inquiry while following the code, the officer being questioned would claim ignorance of another officer's wrongdoing or claim to have not seen anything. I don't recall. Essentially, the thin blue line is a representation of police corruption. (laughs) So whenever you see a blue line on the back of someone's car, it means that they're supporting a gang. Yes, it's absolutely a gang symbol. It's they, they are either police themselves, family of police, or, or somebody, somebody who doesn't want a ticket, or somebody who believes that it's going to get them out of a ticket. But yeah. it doesn't really. From what I've heard, the cops are kind of on to that. So your mileage may vary if yeah. you try that approach. But no, this idiot at the Sentinel goes on to say, in that sense, it's thought that the line represents the precarious nature of the work of police officers, the fine line between the edge of life and death. More That's broadly, right. it has come to serve as a way to honor law enforcement officers who have died in the line of duty. And to support those actually serving. Do you know how low risk being a police officer actually is? Well, it's not super low risk, but it's not in the top ten. It's pretty super low risk. We're going to continue in moments, and you can share your thoughts on the thin blue line at 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. Dial toll-free. Join us right here. Our number is 855-450-FREE. Like freedom, that's 855-450-3733 with you tonight. You've got Ian. And Johnson. And Mark. Bitcoin.com. They have been reporting on the latest in the Bitcoin fee scandal. I don't know what you want to call it. The controversy, the conflict that has been going on. 
behind the scenes with Bitcoin. And uh, you can go to Bitcoin.com to get the latest by going to news.bitcoin.com. If you just go to Bitcoin.com, you'll kind of get an introduction to Bitcoin. You can learn more about what Bitcoin is and how you can get a wallet and get started with Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin.com has the latest in their news section. In fact, uh, Daryl was just recommending one of the stories over there at news.bitcoin.com. Uh, let's see here. I'll pull it up as uh, as we speak. But if you want to learn more about Bitcoin, it's a great site to go to. You can even play games with your Bitcoin at games.bitcoin.com. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the headline here from today, the hidden reason behind Bitcoin's increasing fees, they're claiming, is darknet mixers. Which means that people are trying to uh, put their Bitcoin into these mixers which they then you know, believe that those mixers will provide some level of anonymity for them. And then on the other end of the mixer, they would take that Bitcoin out and then perhaps put it into one of the darknet marketplaces, uh, which would possibly result in them purchasing things like drugs, for instance, like, uh, like the Silk Road offered. And uh, there's more details here about what the claim is that how... I mean, it's, it, just on its face, it seems hard to believe that there'd be that much mixing going on for dark nets that How we really would that drive up the fees well because you're moving a bunch of bitcoin around okay so uh and you know therefore you got to pay fees every time you move so. bitcoin from one to another and that's that's without me having read the story mark that's just the headline over at news.bitcoin.com so you want to get the latest on what's happening in the bitcoin universe that's the best place to go news.bitcoin.com as we go to your calls and thoughts more about the thin blue line here in moments the gang symbol that you normally would only see on the backs of like vehicles driven by police, like off-duty vehicles and their family members. But now it's painted all the way down hundreds of feet, uh, thousands of feet probably down the one of the main drags here in Keene, New Hampshire. But Keene isn't the first city to have done this. They uh, copied the idea from some New Jersey cities, apparently. And, Johnson, you've got some more on that story coming up. You can share your thoughts with us. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. Like Freedom, let's go to Jarls. He's in California. Jarls, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Johnson and Mark. Well, hello, fellas. Uh, On the Bitcoin thing, uh, I think Janet Yellen is shaking in her pantsuit because the Federal Reserve is going to be, you know, tested with this little coin. You think so? But, uh, I mean, it's hard yeah. to believe that if they if they really believe that, don't you think they do- have done something about it at this point? Mark? I don't think they can. I, I okay. think there's going to be a change in the monetary system. All right. Well, that's, I appreciate that optimism. I don't know um, if it's, you know, I don't know how long it's going to be before the Federal Reserve feels they need to respond in some way. At this point, they are ignoring uh, cryptocurrency at the Federal Reserve level. Um, so, you know, when they'll feel the need to do something about that, I don't know. Right now, Bitcoin and all the altcoins combined are about $110 billion, which is a big number, no doubt about it. But in comparison to, you know, the world's fiat currencies is a drop Jump in change. the bucket. I wouldn't propose to, uh, to report. Um, I mean, people look at you as a journalist. I wouldn't propose to report that the Federal Reserve is ignoring Bitcoin. You don't know what they're doing to Bitcoin. and they oh, I'm not a journalist. I'm a talk show host. Deep in it. I'm you guys a talk haven't show heard host. of Fedcoin? That sounds kind of familiar. What is it? Fedcoin is the uh, government uh, Bitcoin that they're attempting to... Uh, essentially, the U.S. is going to issue an e-currency. 
Yeah, I remember hearing something yeah. about that. I never really saw that went anywhere. Maybe they're still working on it. Of course, it's the government, so it'll probably take them another decade before yeah. they before actually it'll end be, up. It'll be before, like when it's about about time where it's, it completely would be irrelevant. Yeah, what I mean, Mark, is that there hasn't been any evidence necessarily that the Federal Reserve is going to do anything except for this FedCoin thing, which I had forgotten about. Well, well, yes, we shall see in the future. But speaking of uh, using your money wisely, have you seen uh, the new flatter? Uh, billboard in Philadelphia. A what billboard? Right. There's a flat. It says "Research Flat Earth" right when you're leaving and coming to the airport. Oh, so, so somebody with uh, some flat Earth kooks got some money together, huh? Well, I don't know if he's a kook, but uh, it's smart. Pretty to much it near the airport. Well, if you put it, it is true. It's smart to put it near the horizon. Yes, uh, because I'm wondering. It's getting very big lately. It's getting on the news channels, and I'm wondering. Uh, Must be a slow news day. Just gonna Oh, you haven't been seeing the news, huh? I don't watch the news. He doesn't know. Oh, that's... Okay. I think well, I've seen this billboard, I'm, though, um, on... Uh, I think somebody saved it on Facebook. I have the internet, so I don't have to watch the news. I can pick whatever okay. news sources I want to. I don't have to trust some editor to uh, make the decisions for me. It's so pretty did sweet. you guys look, look into the Earth being a stationary-level plane yet? My God, no. All we've had, oh, okay. all we've had, we had a bunch of phone calls from the flat earthers a few months ago, and it was just unending nonsense. I think, so. I think they're just, I think they're just called earthers now because <laughs> that's what Earth is. <laughs> so, um, I guess the question I would have is: is um, they're sending out these satellites, right? And they're sending back pictures. No, it's all a scam, Mark. It's all. Oh well, if you want something fascinating, NASA has used so much helium in their days. And if you look at all the balloons that they send up, it is very interesting that they put uh, the same kind of reflectors on their balloons. And they actually have solar crafts, solar crafts that can stay up for five years. So How why is it possible that cats haven't knocked everything off the edge of the planet? <laughs> well, what if the edge of the planet is contained or it keeps going? What if we can't find the edge? What's on the other side? What? Oh, it's a very good question. It's very good. Uh, maybe, I don't know, because the cola hole goes nine miles the what so really the cola hole it's the deepest hole on earth they say nine miles is a long way yeah does it go so all the way through really, oh, that's a, if, if it's a globe then it should right so if you're no. digging a hole no. down <laughs> well, if it's well, a globe it should this. be if, like six thousand if you're digging a hole down on a sphere would you be digging up to people on the other side yeah does that make sense yep you would so that's what you believe is that. Well, I don't believe anybody's ever up. dug a hole all the way through. So, I considering there's supposed to be a yeah. molten core, yeah, you would it'd be have real to hard to, the to core do that. Yes, in the in the middle, there would be a molten core. But, but if you were telling a lie about not, a spherical Earth, of course no you'd core, put right. a molten core in the middle, right. so oh, no right, one would right. dig through. No, yeah, and you need to dig. You need to dig about four thousand miles down before you would. Get. Right. The it's, reason it's, why I, nobody, uh, you know, I, with any sense, I, is going to spend any time researching this is because there's enough people out there who've seen the curvature of the Earth. There's enough solid evidence that the Earth is ah. spherical, and you know, a bunch of kooks on the internet uh, who bought a billboard doesn't mean jack. No, but it gets people talking because there are a lot of people that don't see it. It's kind of like, remember the gold dress, the gold-white dress, and the purple-black dress? People see purple-blacks, people see white-gold. Yep. It's kind of it's kind of like that. No, that's, it's nothing like that. Stuff. No, that has to do with, like, colorblindness or whatever. Oh, no. I think it's hard. Because I'm, I'm wondering, the scientists tell us 
that the curvature is not noticeable until uh, after maybe 70,000 feet. Well, I don't know what scientists you're talking about, but anybody can claim that scientists say anything. Thank you for the call, Jarls. Oh. Toll-free number here tonight, 855-450-FREE. So, fun fact, so the, the Earth's thickest part of its crust is about 25 miles on the continents. Mm-hmm. But like I was saying, in order to get to the core, the center of the Earth, you'd have to be about 4,000 miles in. So. There's more coming up here. You can share your thoughts on Free Talk Live. Bitcoin.com is of the opinion that the current Bitcoin core development team is not taking satisfactory steps to ensure the growth and advancement of Bitcoin in accordance with Satoshi's vision. As community efforts to resolve these problems have failed, it is necessary to resolve them with a different approach. By using subreddit r slash BTC instead of r slash Bitcoin and running Bitcoin Unlimited, you are casting a vote against the current development team. Learn more at Bitcoin.com. That's Bitcoin. Bitcoin.com. Talk live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. You can take control of the airwaves here at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. With you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Johnson. And Mark. Uh, so you can bring up whatever you want to discuss. We're going to get back into the uh, thin blue line here in moments. But was there more, Johnson, on the flat earth thing that you wanted to share? Or were you, uh, I know you no, brought something that up. That was okay. just a little factoid about the fact that the, the crust of the earth is actually remarkably thin. Gotcha. You know, factoids aren't true. That's it's the like, definition oh, really? of it. Yeah. It's like truthy. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, well, become it, that. It's but. right. It's transitioned from not true to small, uh, like a small fact. Yeah. Um, because people just use it they over and over it. that way. But it was uh, sort of trotted out like the term. Yeah. According truthy. to the definition, it's a brief or trivial item of news or information. Yeah. But what's the second definition now? Oh, let's see. From dictionary.com. An assumption or speculation that is reported and repeated so often that it becomes accepted as a fact. There you go. Mm. Okay. So that, um, that was at one point the definition. Something that resembles a fact. The, uh, the, so the, you know, the opposite of the definition. Right. So that is a word that means two opposing things. Yep. That's confusing. Yep. All right. So we were talking about the thin blue line. And Johnson, you were getting pretty heated over the sort of the meaning of this symbol that many people are unaware of, but now it's kind of hitting the big time with, uh, here in Keene, New Hampshire, an entire road, the entire length of what's called Marlboro Street here, one of the main drags in Keene. It's a street that, uh, runs, that leads to Marlboro. P- uh, painted with the thin blue line uh, down the middle of the street. So between the two yellow stripes where there was nothing before, just the black top showing through, there's now a like bright blue, like super bright, like you know, periwinkle. Robin's egg. Blue. blue, yeah, robin's egg, whatever. Really obnoxiously bright. Uh, well, I'm sure it's going to fade at some point, but... Uh, That's probably a reality. Yeah. Right now, it's distracting when you're on that road. It's, it's exactly handicapped space blue. Oh, is it? Is it? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, they had that in stock, right? So they just used well, that right, paint. Exactly. Okay. Um, the line was painted about a week ago, according to Keene Public Works Director Kurt D. Blomquist, although though he didn't know the exact date. The project was complete, completed by a contractor who's painting over all the lines on the city streets, as is done annually. 
Paint, the painting the blue line cost approximately three hundred to four hundred dollars. He said, "I would like to point out to the Southerners in the group that yes, we have to paint our roads up here every single year because we cover them in salt and mm. then drag sharp metal across the uh, the salt mm. the salty road in order to get the ice and snow removed. So um, you know, just one more reason why one has a smaller carbon footprint when one lives in the South where it doesn't snow." Okay. I'm skipping around here. You know, the article, uh, modern day, uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm just going through because some of this is just details about So this it. was the city. I didn't know the line was painted. The line was painted. is like local newsy stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. City council went on to approve the proposal in November. Jones first pitched the idea in a memo. He submitted the council in October. Modern day police personnel are working at an all-time high stress level. The blue stripe would this be will a, calm con- them down. a continuous reminder <laughs> of the community appreciation for all that they do, the memo said. Jones and Philly also said the factors, including the state's opioid crisis have made policing more challenging than ever. Officers are also increasingly being targeted. Last July, a man in Dallas killed five police officers during a peaceful protest of a so fatal, someone of, a peaceful plo- protest of fatal police shootings of black men in Minnesota and Louisiana and everywhere else in the country where police are just executing people. So because some cops in Dallas were targeted, that means that there's an increased risk to every police yeah. officer everywhere, even though nothing like that has happened in New Hampshire. Or, you know, in this region. Yeah, maybe the police should stop executing people, innocent or otherwise. And let's just go on and say they're innocent until they're proven guilty. So, so I think that to some extent, if the thin blue line is this pejorative, as we pointed out in the last segment, right? Like this is the uh, the thin blue line is taken from the Serpico movie. Is that what you said? Yeah. Um, and it, it, it is. It is. And if you understand it to be differently, you're a moron, in my opinion. Well, okay. But it, what it means is is that uh, police uh, will get together in order to protect a another police officer, even if that police officer is the broken law. That's the thing. So Us know, versus them. On one hand, you know, certainly no police officer would want to be lumped together with uh, police officers that would protect a criminal. But on the other hand, they do well, want to publicly. Be, they do want to be lumped together. Apparently, I mean, you know, that's the that's the spin on this story. They do want to be lumped together with the police officers who've died in the line of duty um, from being shot by some madman in Dallas, right? Mm-hmm. So, like on one hand, you know, no, 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 we don't want anything to do with that. On the other, see, it's a department's a department. It's got its own. Um, you know, sort of personality. It's got its own people. Mm-hmm. And police in Keene, New Hampshire, really have little to nothing to do with police with Dallas. in Dallas, yep. who have little to nothing to do with police in Bangladesh. Sure. Right? Like, Some nobody would compare the police in um, Keene, New Hampshire to the police in Bangladesh. Some police don't even get along between, like, area departments. And what I mean by that is, you know, there's there between, let's say, the sheriffs and the state police and the city police. You know, those are three distinct departments, and there's some level of disdain or, you know, teasing that goes on between those groups. Like, they have, they have like, names that they call one another they that are not friendly. A, they do call it a brotherhood, and I yeah. suspect that's because they're allowed to make the jokes, and you're yeah. not. Um, you know, that's how that is. Right. Uh, more? Yeah, sure, there's definitely more. Um Jones said he was inspired to bring a blue line to Keene after hearing about other towns and cities that have painted them in support for their their local police. A meeting of the Municipal Services Facilities and Infrastructure Committees on October 12th, he said many communities across the country, including several in Ohio and 72 in New Jersey, okay, that I wasn't aware of, have painted painted similar lines. But he said in Keene's blue line is now the first to be painted for law enforcement in New England. 
I thought New Jersey was part of New England. No. no. Oh, okay. No, New England is uh, Rhode Island. Oh, yeah, that's right. New Jer- it's right. New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut are part of the tri-state area. That's right. Connecticut's not New England? Apparently Connecticut not. is New England. Connecticut so is. Connecticut is both part of the tri-state area and New England, I guess. It would okay. be, yeah. So I think New England ends at New York, correct? I suspect there's more than one tri-state area also. That's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so this, uh, so the city council here is admitting that this is not an original idea, but he's claiming that it's the first in all of New England. Right. Well, Blomquist here says he's concerned the blue line might confuse motorists. Blue yes, not that's what my concern as, as a firefighter and just a regular citizen is, is that let's not just go painting a bunch of stuff in the middle of the road here to confuse people. Those lines mean things, and when you add new lines, you add confusion to the road. What if somebody went out and just spilled a bunch of red paint over top of the blue line? Yeah, well, I, uh-huh. I'm sure the firefighters would be the first to be blamed. Or it just could be a symbolism of the police victims and the violence and the blood that has been spilled. What if spilled? you just painted black over that the blue line and just made it two double yellow lines? Or what if you uh, took the black paint and you know every five feet you made it uh, stripes so that you could just we, we're going to just change it so we can pass this. On and they did a dashed blue line. Yeah, dashed, dashed blue line. Yeah, sure. Who knows? Well, let's. You know, you'd get arrested if they caught you doing it. Likely. Let's get into this letter here. Uh, this is your letter. From no, this is from the U.S. United States Department of Transportation, Federal Highway Administration. Okay, because you'd written something about this letter as well. Oh, sure. Yeah. So let me address that real quick. Um, so you you wrote a comment on this yeah, Sentinel, saw- this police worshiping Sentinel story, which is pretty common. I mean, it's a small town politics thing. The sure. newspaper is not going to get. Uh, they're the not going to criticize tickets, right? The, they're they're not going to criticize the the police. That's just not something they do. So my comment on this was interesting that the city decided to violate the law outlined by the United States Department of Transportation and Federal Highway Administration when they clearly warned a few towns in New Jersey that this practice is illegal and that it creates unsafe road conditions because motorists don't know what this line means. It could result in lawsuits for the city if the unsafe condition results in any legitimate accidents or Mm. even quote-unquote accidents involving less scrupulous people. Yeah. All it's going to take is for somebody to have a car accident and say, I didn't know what that blue line meant. Good for the city of Keene, though, for adopting that rebellious free Keene spirit and willfully (laughs) violating federal law. Well, it's true. I mean, uh, I mean, it, it's Keen, you know, like it, Free Keen just, is Ian's they, blog. They're just adopting the spirit of Free Keen. I mean, it's you know, it's about time they got on board. I so, is that a letter to the editor? I mean, if you can't beat them, join them. Right? It should have been though. That they've should, been yeah. trying to beat you guys for so long with their their lawsuits. You ought to convert attempts. that into a letter to the editor. <laughs> they'll pub. They'll likely publish it. Yeah. They're actually pretty good at publishing most of the things they send. The toll free number here tonight, 855-450-FREE. Like Freedom, if you want to comment on the Thin Blue Line, it's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Dial toll free. Bring up anything you want. Our number here is 855-450-FREE. Like Freedom, that's 855-450-3733. And do want to let you know about Save It Purse. If you want to save 20% uh, easily on the stuff that you buy at Amazon, just go to saveitpurse.com, saveatpurse.com. You go there, you can load up your Amazon. What you do is you go to Amazon, you load up your wish list, you import your wish list into saveitpurse.com, and then you get to select your discount. Maybe you want to save 20%. I've been able to save uh, 20% within like a day. Somebody will snap up 
that purchase. If you want to save more, it might take a little while longer. If you shoot for 30% or more, you might be waiting like a week. Uh, but it's still possible. And if you want it to be instant, they even have purse instant where you can save 5%. And you don't have to wait at all. Uh, but in order to do purse instant, you have to kind of go about it a different way. You have to put the item directly into saveitpurse.com rather than using the wish list. But it's awesome. I've been using Save It Purse for more than two years. I've done like 90 transactions, I think, or something like that. Saved over $1,700 off of the stuff that I would have pl- I would have paid full price for. But why not save 20% if you can? And you can by going to Save It Purse, saveatpurse.com. So we were talking about this uh, painted line going down the middle of the street here in Keene, New Hampshire. They claim it's the first one of its sort in all of New England. It's uh, very worshipful of the police. It's, you know, in my opinion, an embarrassment uh, to the town. But the city councilors sure are happy about it. They want they want you to believe that everyone supports uh, the police in, in what they do. Well, and, these these lines are all over the place in New Jersey. Um, and one of the most corrupt uh, places yeah. in all of the United States as far as police corruption is concerned. And that goes right back to what Johnson was saying, is that uh, this thin blue line is really a, a gang symbol. It's really a... Representative uh, of police corruption. Yeah, now that's not what they, they want you to think about Oops. it. But that's you know where it came from, and that's ultimately what it is. Now, that's not to say that everything the, the police do are bad. I do appreciate it when they get out there and they actually go after a real criminal. Because, you know, every now like and then... another cop. Oh, wait, that almost do never that. happens. Yeah, no, I meant uh, the other real criminals that sometimes they will, uh, they'll target. And, uh, and, you know, in those instances, I will give them praise where, where the praise is due. But uh, as long as they're arresting peaceful people for possession of cannabis or underage drinking or rolling through a stop sign or whatever it is that they're, they're going after people for, then they deserve to be criticized. They don't deserve to be blindly worshipped. And that's what this whole thin blue line thing plays into. So, Johnson, you had commented on the newspaper article that apparently this is there's a letter that has been issued by the national, is it the Department of Transportation at the federal level? Who was it? So this was uh, from, um, oh, who was it from? This is actually officially from the, okay, Mark R. Curley, Curley, I'm not sure, it's K-E-H-R-L-I, Director of the Office of Transportation Operations for the uh, USDOT FHA, so Department of Transportation, Federal Highway Administration. Okay. And he writes in a letter uh, dated December 8th, 2016. Who was it sent to? The New Jersey uh, cities? It's sent to Matthew D. Loper, PE, County Engineer, Somerset County Engineering Division, the Somerset in New Jersey. In New Jersey. Yeah, okay. County Administration Building, 20 Grove Street, Box okay. 3000. We don't need the whole address, Johnson. <laughs> Dear Mr. Loper, well, I just want you to know how official this particular oh, letter is. Oh, I'm sure is. it it's is. very official. Uh, Dear Mr. Loper, thank you for your October 14th letter regarding the use of a color marking between the lines. And remember, this is government to government. Yes. So it's like very government-y. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for your October 14th letter regarding the use of a color marking between the lines of a double yellow center line marking. Your requested clarification on whether this type of installation would comply with the Manual on Uniform Traffic Control Devices for Streets and Highways, MUTCD. Oh, I bet that's a page turner. <laughs> yeah. 
Section 3A.06 <laughs> of the MUTCD states that the states pattern clearly <laughs> states that the pattern of a longitudinal double line <laughs> shall be two parallel lines separated by a discernible space. For this space mm. between the two lines to be discernible, it must represent a lack of other markings. It should it should contrast. And yes. and this uh, this particular installation, there's no contrast whatsoever. Right. It's bright yellow yep. next to bright blue yep. next to bright yellow, and it's obnoxious. Yep. Accordingly, the pavement surface must be visible in the space between the lines in the same way that it is visible outside the lines. Mm-hmm. On this basis alone, filling in the gap in a double line, either partially or fully, <laughs> does not comply with the provisions of the MUTCD. <laughs> the exception herein is the use of black in combination with one of the approved payment marking colors, as noted in section 3A.05. So if you Further, paint black in the middle of the two yellow lines, that's the exemption. Yeah, yeah. Further in accordance with section 3A.05 of the MUTCD, the use of blue pavement markings is limited to supplementing white markings for parking spaces for persons with disabilities. The uh-huh. use of blue lines as part of the center line markings does not comply with the provisions of the MUTCD. <laughs> Further detail on the use of blue as a pavement color is provided in our August 15th, 2013 official ruling, uh, 309-24I, application of colored pavement. Wow. And this is the further detail. Blue is not a colored pavement and is not to be used as such in accordance with paragraph 3, section G, 3G.01. <laughs> Blue, as it applies to a pavement marking, is exclusively reserved for the background color in the international symbol of accessibility parking symbol. Do you think that the, if you took this letter down to Keene Police Department and showed it to them, that they would go and arrest the city councilors who voted for Unlikely. it? Unlikely. And I don't know what the enforcement well, is. Well, there's, the, no, real, no, there's, no, there's no responsibility for voting. Um, and this is right. one of the things the that I, I just think that the, the principled non-voters really just sort of don't get is that um, you know there's there's just no responsibility. Which one if this passed, let me ask you, uh, so how many city councilors are there? Fifteen in the city 15. of Keene. Let's say it passed by nine to uh, six. I do find myself wondering if it was unanimous. I don't know if they mentioned that in the original. Whatever it might be. Um, so let's say it's unanimous. Um, who would be responsible for it passing? Because it only has to pass from eight by eight to seven, right? Mm-hmm. So which of the additional seven uh, beyond the eight um are responsible for, I mean, are there any of them responsible? Presumably the people who voted against it would not be responsible. Well, certainly the ones that voted against it would not be responsible, but how many of them that voted for it would be responsible? I would presume all of them, if there were if there were some responsibility, and that you're right, there is some, not. That might be some way to handle it, but if I if I was on the council and I voted for it, uh, but I did it sort of with reservations, well, mm. I could have voted against it, and if I had voted against it, it still would have passed, right? Like, it wouldn't have made a difference other than the number number that somebody typed down on uh, in a news story someplace and and you're yes. right uh, government bureaucrats or politicians specifically are never held responsible yeah. for illegal what, votes what they i can... find particularly despicable though because there is one one short paragraph here that that it makes their decisions to ignore this in new jersey and here in Keene particularly despicable um 
so what the besides the fact that USDT. they're using handicap uh, yeah, color well, to middle that, of the road. I mean, okay. it, but but it's that is specifically outlined by these people. They say we appreciate the impact of expressing support for law law enforcement officers and value their contributions to society. There are many appropriate and fitting ways to recognize the service to the public that do not involve the modification of a traffic controlled device, which can mm. put the road user at risk due to the interpretation sure of its can. meaning. It is uh, therefore critical that the uniformity of pavement markings be maintained so as to present a consistent message that accommodates the expectancy of road users. For record-keeping purposes, we have assigned your request to the interpretation of the following official ruling, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, you know, it just basically is showing, again, we're... We are of a separate class. We are better than you. We don't care about your life or your safety on the road. Right. I mean, they're just basically saying, you're scum, and we're going to violate this because we just need to show how much we love the police. Mm. But what's great about this, I find funny now, is three things that this does to this road, right? Or to any road that has this blue line on it. Yeah. Three things. One, if you're handicapped, you can park on any anywhere on these roads. <laughs> In the middle of the road, it is now, according to the, the, uh, according to the uh, federal traffic code, that's now a parking space. It's now a handicapped parking space, and if they try and uh, if they try and take you to court for it, sue them. Well, I'm not a handicap. Beyond belief. I don't have a handicap uh, thing, so would I still get in trouble? Probably. Yeah, you, you could. Would, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're also parking in the middle of the road. But you're right. So. The uh, the Americans with Disabilities Act or whatever, ACA right. or whatever sue it's called. Sue them. Yeah. And, okay, if you pass on this road, right? You're now, even though if it's supposed to be a W yellow line, guess what? Uh, they put a marking yeah. between it. It's no longer a double yellow line. Now it's line. just a solid According line. This, it's a solid line. It's a solid line. multicolor it's line. It's not discernible two lines. It's right. not a double yellow line. It's no longer a double yellow line. I think that if any uh, traffic incident occurs in the street, you can be now confused, claim to be confused. Yeah, yeah for sure. And you could Speeding? sue the city. I thought that it's blue making lines a city meant- a gigantic target for lawsuits. Good. I thought blue lines meant <laughs> an extra 30 miles per hour. And here's <laughs> like, the third you thing. You could say anything. If you are working on one of these roads and you work for a traffic you know like one of these highway companies or whatever you can now report and sue for violations of safety under OSHA so you could report these working conditions and report your company and, and sue under uh, this is a, this unsafe is a working conditions. Yeah. I thought the blue line was a racing stripe. I could Someone go as could fast as cross the line and plow into you while you're working on the road because there's, they didn't know what it meant. There's more coming up here 855 450 free. Do you want to help build a better financial system for everyone? Join Dash. Dash is digital cash, a digital money platform designed to replace cash and help people manage their own wealth. It's fast and easy. Fees are low and transactions are confirmed instantly. Dash is decentralized, run by users who earn rewards for helping run the network and make governance decisions. Help people take control over their financial future today. Find out more at Dash.org. This is Free Talk Live. (laughs) Yes, we do have a cat in the studio. The uh, toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. You can bring up absolutely anything that you want here on Free Talk Live. And uh, we've got some interesting news coming out of Venezuela, where apparently the Supreme Court 
has been set on fire. So we've been talking about Venezuela for quite a while, uh, watching as it just sort of spirals down the drain of socialism. And uh, there have been people out in the streets protesting pretty constantly over the last several weeks, maybe even a couple months now at this point. And uh, maybe things are finally coming to a head. Maybe we're getting closer to the government of uh, Nicolas Maduro being ousted. Uh, certainly, if they continue to set the government buildings on fire, the government's going to have a tough time governing. Ultimately, that's going to make it be a decider. And that's, this is some of the things that have happened in other places. Remember the Arab Spring in uh, in Egypt from a few years ago? They had started setting buildings on fire during Not that the their government's markedly better today than it was then, mind you. Good point. I mean, the military took over in that particular case, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, look at it today. Look at it under shoot. What the hell is it? Mubarak started with an M. Yeah, Mubarak. I think. Hosni. Yep. Hosni and uh, Mubarak. You know, decide which one's better because it isn't markedly so. Anti-government protesters, according to the Telegraph, uh, set fire to the Supreme Court in Caracas, Venezuela, on Monday. This is the twelfth week of upset in the country. As protesters demand the resignation of President Nicolas Maduro and call for elections, which, by the way, Maduro has put off. They were supposed to have elections like gubernatorial elections last year. They didn't happen. He's saying he hopes that they can have it later on this year. The Supreme Court voted on Monday to reject a motion that would prevent Mr. Maduro from rewriting the country's constitution. Violence broke out in protests at the Supreme Court over a bid to change the Constitution, and Venezuela's chief prosecutor on Monday uh, said that uh, said on Monday her family had been threatened and followed by intelligence agents since she split with the government, fanned by anger at triple-digit inflation, along with shortages of food and medicine. Protests have grown smaller but more violent over the past two months, with at least 67 killed and thousands injured. Luisa Ortega, a former ally of Maduro who has turned against him and the ruling Socialist Party, has questioned his handling of opposition street protests in recent weeks and challenged his plan to rewrite, uh, to rewrite a constitution brought in by late leader Hugo Chavez. State officials have launched a series of verbal attacks on Ms. Ortega, ranging from questioning her sanity to accusing her of promoting violence. So she turned against the administration, and now they're out to get her. All the better time to go get her. She said she would hold the government responsible if her family were harmed. But how exactly do you do that? Yeah. How do you hold a rogue government responsible for anything? You can sort of do it personally, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could say, I hold you responsible. Right. I blame you, Mr. Maduro. Right. I mean, you know, that's what you can do. Right. Ms. Ortega's office said it was investigating the death on Monday of a man called Socrates Salgado, age 49, in a coastal town near Caracas, Opposition politicians said he died during a protest. In April, Ms. Ortega successfully challenged a Supreme Court decision to assume the powers of the opposition-controlled legislature, making her the highest official in years to openly break with the ruling party. She filed a Supreme Court challenge last week to Maduro's plan to elect a legislative superbody known as a Constituent Assembly that will have the power to rewrite the Constitution and, in some cases, dissolve state institutions. So he wants a superbody known as a constituent assembly. Hmm. Do you think that'll be staffed with all supporters? I, I imagine it will be. Yeah. The People's Court or whatever, right? right. The People's Assembly. A Supreme the Court. The unbesmirchable panel of uh, Maduro's supporters. 
The Supreme Court rejected that challenge on Monday. So they rejected her challenge to Maduro's plan. Mm. The Electoral Chamber of the Supreme Court of Justice declares that the challenge filed by Luisa Ortega uh, Ortega Diaz is inadmissible because it is an inept accumulation of pretensions, the court said on Twitter. Hold on. Inept tweets? Apparently. Inept collection of what? An inept accumulation of pretensions. All right. In response, Ms. Ortega launched another legal challenge, this time claiming that 13 judges appointed to the court court in 2015 were put there via an irregular process and that they should be replaced. People arrested or excuse me, police arrested 24 people for their involvement in the daylight attack on a busy office block, which was condemned by Maduro as a terrorist act. Opposition opposition leader Enrique Capriles said it was the work of government agitators because remember as we've reported here, there are you know a couple distinct sides. There are right. at least three distinct sides in the conflicts that they've been having. There's the people, the anti-status quo people. They're they're being called anti-government, but they're not anti-government. Likely many of them, they're probably pro-government. Just they don't like this government. So the there's the anti-this government people who are the the ones out there agitating in the streets, and you know they're trying to change things. They don't know how else to do it. There's Maduro and his troops, the police, the military, and then there's the like Maduro-supported criminal gang members that are slightly different from the police. So, you know, obviously a lot of us in the liberty community consider the police to be a gang, as we were just discussing in the last hour. But these are non-uniformed gang members. These are the ones that are just, you know, your typical thugs who Maduro has been arming up so they can go after the protesters and that they can bust some heads without as much of a uh, you know an investigation as would normally receive. So outside the Supreme Court, and so that's the opposition leader, Enrique Capriles. This is the guy who's been banned from running for office for 15 years, I believe it was, in Venezuela. Right. He was the opposition guy, and they right. go, well, you, you can't run anymore. That's right. You've done well, too well. Yeah, because he's so popular, they just don't want him running anymore. Uh, he said it was the work of go- government agitators which was this daylight attack on the office block. So again, who was really behind it? Outside the Supreme Court headquarters in downtown Caracas, protesters backing Ms. Ortega were confronted earlier by government supporters. Maduro says Venezuela is the victim of an economic war and that that can only be addressed by the Constituent Assembly. The Elections Council has set an election for the Assembly for July 30th. The uh, opposition is refusing to participate in the vote, saying it is rigged in favor of the Socialist Party. And then somewhere amidst all this, the Supreme Court was set on fire uh, yesterday. And I don't know how gutted the building ended up being, but it doesn't look good from some of the photos that uh, that they have here on this blog post over The firefighters are probably pretty hungry and not really worried about putting out fires right about now. (laughs) Yep, you're probably right about that. And then in other related news, uh, the city of Caracas, Venezuela, Breitbart reporting that even at Bogota Airport in Colombia, the closest major capital city to Venezuela, a look of curiosity comes over the faces of staff when you tell them you're heading to Caracas. Entry, (laughs) Entry visas into Venezuela remain fairly accessible, although journalists are not allowed without a special visa. Although I claimed I was there as a tourist, this seemed far-fetched even to the likely pro-government immigration authorities. What is the real motive of your visit? The officer asked me. Seeing my girlfriend, I replied. She smiled. Welcome to Venezuela. 
As you travel down from Simon Bolivar International Airport into the city center, the difference between Caracas and Bogota, Bogota, formerly one of the world's major drug war battlegrounds, is stark. Armed police stand on almost every street corner. Every, In where? Bogota or, or Caracas? Uh, presumably Caracas. Okay. Every physical space is dedicated to promoting the success of the late Hugo Chavez's socialist revolution and Nicolas Maduro's authoritarian regime. The opposition undermines official government propaganda with its own graffiti, effectively accusing the regime of destroying the country with the highest oil reserves in the world. The rise in anti-government messaging stands out compared to my last visit in November. Pro-government propaganda shares... That's six months ago? Yep. Uh, A little longer than that, but yeah. Not much. Seven or eight months. Pro-government propaganda shares the streets with graffiti denouncing the regime on nearly every block. So there's like a, a graffiti photo here that he took a picture of. Uh, that's got a picture of Maduro. It's black and black and white, just black color paint, and it says, "This is the new Bolivarian toilet paper," a reference to Maduro's proposed changes to the Venezuelan constitution, mm. rejected by the people in a vote last year. Maduro is depicted holding the pocket constitution. More coming up here on Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You dial toll-free. Bring up whatever you want. As the Supreme Court burns, or at least it was burning yesterday in Venezuela, in Caracas, protesters setting the Supreme Court on fire. We don't need no lawyers. Let that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that's happening. And that, to me, suggests that maybe things are on the brink of collapse there. Maybe? At least that's what the editorial piece here at the Breitbart says. Uh, socialist haven on the brink of total collapse inside Venezuela. It is the uh, the travels, recent travels of Ben Q, who went there as a journalist, but he had to kind of keep that a secret because you have to get a special visa in order to be officially allowed in as a journalist. And, of course, you would expect that from a country that is embarrassed about, you know, what they do and they don't want the truth and the you know pictures and things like that to get out they try to oppress uh, photographs of people that are standing outside in the lines where people spend about 36 hours per month at least the last numbers we got uh, waiting in lines outside of grocery stores what you know for what little food they might have left I mean, it's just, just to a, be able to get some food to keep their family alive. It's a crazy situation. People have lost, what was it, I think the average Venezuelan lost uh, uh, 19 pounds last year because they're just not getting the nourishment that they need. Is it uncouth for me to say I need to move to Venezuela? <laughs> uh, so anyway. Just go on the Venezuelan diet. Yeah, well, and what? Not eat? Yeah. That's going to work. <laughs> That's pretty much how it is. Yeah, they could work. Just cut down from one, you know, from three meals a day to one or one and a half. Just yeah. cut down from, you know, eating seven days a week to eating six days a week <laughs> or eating one Three day and a half week. days. Yeah, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, so mypillow.com, by the way, everybody in the, the whole world's got to sleep. It's good for you. And if you got a great pillow, like my pillow, then you're probably really happy. I know I've been really happy with my pillow. And Mark, you have. As with uh, as well with yours, it's awesome. Uh, you can get yours with uh, code FTL, like Free Talk Live, at half price over at mypillow.com. You punch in code FTL at the checkout, you get half off, 
and uh, you can also get two for the price of one, however you want to look at it. If you don't like it within the first 60 days, you can get your money back. You have to ship the pillow back, obviously, but then they'll send you your purchase price back to you. If for some reason you're not satisfied, but so far, most of the people that we've talked to have been raving about it. Uh, the pillow itself is guaranteed to last for 10 years. It's MyPillow.com with code FTL, and it's great because it's designed to fit to the shape of your body and hold your neck in the proper position. And it's washable, so you can put it in your washer and dryer. It's designed for that. MyPillow.com with code FTL for the 50% off. So Ben Q over at uh, Breitbart.com was there recently. He had been uh, in Caracas back in November, and he was kind of comparing his current visit to the uh, the one previous in November, and he says the rise in anti-government messaging stands out compared to his previous visit. Pro-government propaganda now shares the streets with graffiti denouncing the regime on nearly every block. So um, it, it's not that difficult to predict the future here, right? Yeah. Um, like the anti-government messaging is getting stronger. Uh, they're cracking down with a, what effectively are brown shirts. Uh, yep. The Supreme Court building is smoldering rubble, or at least smoldering. Um, yep. You know, the Venezuelan government is going to collapse. Now... If you're Nicolas Maduro, how do you make this play out the best for yourself, right? So, I mean, here's a guy who's got, uh, you know, a country at his grasp. He can do what he wants at this point. Is uh, But you, you tend in these sort of circumstances to get myopic, right? Like you've got a big he ego. He may really believe he's got this under control. Well, I mean, to be in this position, you tend to have a big ego. Yeah, People with big true. egos have a bad uh, time figuring out how good they are at a given circumstance. Maybe the Hugo Chavez bird has been talking to him and telling him that everything's going to be fine, Nicholas. Right, Everything right. is going to be well, fine. Nicholas, Stay the course. Doesn't Nicholas Maduro have some kind of talking uh, being that, uh, that he references no, That's what I told to? you. It's a bird. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's okay. It's Nicholas Maduro has Maduro, the bird. Heard, Maduro told uh, an audience that uh, there was a bird that uh, was speaking to him as though it were Hugo Chavez or something like I that. I see. Yeah. Whatever it's anything like that bird that was talking to Bernie Sanders. Yeah, that's, I think it was similar <laughs> to that. And was it Eleanor Roosevelt had a bird talk to her or something like that, too? It's kind of been a thing with politicians. Lady Bird socialists. <laughs> so um, what in that circumstance, like ob- the obvious thing to do to me seems to start packing your bags. He should grab fistfuls of cash, right. uh, U.S. dollars, and get the hell out of there is so, what he should do if he's smart. What is done generally by the smart dictators is you move the money offshore to London. Mm-hmm. You get a uh, you know a, a great apartment in downtown London. and Or anywhere else but Venezuela. Right. I understand. Understand, but yeah. this, the people seem to want to. They seem to move to London huh, for whatever okay. reason, and you just leave one night. You're going on a uh, diplomatic, uh, you know, mission to blah blah blah. You're gone. Yep, just gone. Um, I mean, there is a jet that will travel from Venezuela to London, and he'll be fine. And not United though. They stopped serving Venezuela. Okay, well, there but you yes, go. he I'm sure would be it able to charter a jet. I'm sure he has his own, right? And that would be how he would just go about getting out. And you can take, you know, make it a 747, 
fill it full of uh, Avgas so that you can take all your friends and family along, and then that way you know when you weren't in the in crowd because you didn't go with Maduro on the flight. Mm. Um, you know, you take uh, you take as much money as you can can possibly get and and get gone. I think yep. is really the best bet here. He's not doing that yet, though. Well, he's staying not the course. yet. Um, but the longer he stays, the more likely his the head is in a pipe. Right. The closer the <laughs> fires get to his house. Yeah. <laughs> so he will not be the first politician to die, uh, you know, while in office, killed right. by his constituency. He won't be the first this decade. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, what happened to Gaddafi can happen to this guy. Here's some more uh, graffiti from the streets of Caracas. Quotes is the translation. Obviously, it's in Spanish. If hunger kills the people, the people will take out the government. Scrawled in red across a uh, gray wall in Caracas. Uh, There's a billboard calling for the release of opposition leader Leopoldo Lopez, who was imprisoned by the regime in 2014 for organizing a peaceful assembly against Maduro. But that statement about if hunger kill the people, the people will take out the government. That's a true statement. Uh, if I've ever heard one, that's yeah. the end of the line for people and how far they're willing to be pushed. Is the complaint when here in the United States is, is that people won't do anything about their government because they're not hungry enough. Yeah, and there's TV to distract them and all kinds of uh, breads and circuses. Yeah, so, um, it, I mean, taking that in the inverse, the people in Venezuela are by all means hungry enough yeah. to take out their government. And they can't afford TV. And they can't afford circus, and they can't afford, you know, sporting events or whatever. I think it bears a mention here. The socialists will say, these are the ones, the the college kids, socialists that, uh, you know, um, have explanations. They'll say it's the American embargo against Venezuela Mm. that um, is what's causing all this problem. Well, I'm sure that's not helping things, uh, but no, that's not the cause of the problem. Well, They're- at this point, with their monetary system defeated like it was, the embargo could be lifted immediately, and it wouldn't make the least bit of difference because the government has uh, destroyed Can't the currency. Can't buy anything. Right. Yeah. More coming up here, 855 450 free about the streets, what it's like there in Caracas. We can tell you a little bit more. You can share your thoughts with us. Can this happen here? 855 450 free, like freedom. You can join us on Free Talk Live. North Deport is a liberty-inspired fiction podcast about a band on tour. Each episode chronicles the band's adventures in the form of a radio interview at a tour stop location. Listen as North Deport explores liberty themes in friendly ways with humor and music. To listen to the podcast and the accompanying album, please visit northdeport.com. That's N-O-R-T-H-T-O-P-O-R-T.com. Or just search North Deport in your favorite podcatcher. Free Talk Live. Dial toll-free. Bring up anything you want right here. The number for you is 855-450-FREE. Like freedom, that's 855-450-3733. If you've been following the situation, the madness down in Venezuela, as people have been taking to the streets now for months, pretty consistently for months out there protesting the government, trying to do what they can to oppose this uh, socialist government that has failed miserably and is driving everyone into not quite starvation, but it's getting pretty hungry there. Getting thin. Yep, and uh, not good. Uh, The government has 
just destroyed the economy by forcing an exchange rates on the people there, which the last time we looked, and, and Daryl and I, I think we talked about this on Friday, uh, we went to dollartoday.com to check in on the current black market exchange rate for the Bolivar Fuerte, the strong Bolivar, which because they replaced the original Bolivar with that like a decade plus ago. Uh, they went to... Oh! Oh, oh, sorry about that. What <laughs> <laughs> was that? It was uh, someone from Venezuela. There's apparently now a video on the front page of uh, Dollar today. That's what it was. Okay, he's probably uh, cussing in Spanish. Yeah, uh, 7480, 7480 uh, Bolivar Fuerte per U.S. dollar. Now, do you remember what the number was the last time you heard it? I don't. It uh, just keeps on going up. It's been 2,500, 4,000, then it went to 6,000, now it's 7,400. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just crazy. The official exchange rate is 10 to 1, meaning you turn in one U.S. dollar, you get 10 Bolivar if you go to the bank. Whereas if you go onto the streets, then one U.S. dollar is worth about 7480 which Bolivar. means that nobody goes to a bank to exchange yes. them. And that also what's more important is, is essentially no imports come in because no company um, is willing to you know, take these essentially worthless notes. When you're you know, changing the, uh, so dramatically the exchange rate, then you know, they're just not going to take, the, t- take 10 to 1 um, when they could get 74 to 1. So you don't have yep. import-export. You just have smuggling. So, uh, yeah, and, and the country is basically living off of smuggling right now because there's nobody who can Th- legally well, yeah. buy Thank things. Thank God for the smugglers right yep. about now. Yep. I mean, the only that's, one that hates them is Maduro. That's that's why people are still alive, basically, is because the black market is operating. Uh, we can get back into inside Venezuela, what it's like in the streets here in a moment. But first, let's go to Chris in Houston, Texas. You're listening online. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, hey, Ian. Do you remember me? I called in about, like, seven years ago. I, ta- I, was, I used uh, opiates for my pain. I barely remember who called in last week, uh, but, you know, we've certainly <laughs> talked to yeah. a lot of people who have been addicted to opiates uh, over well, the here's, years. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I want to say, first of all, I have, I have multiple sclerosis, and with this war on drugs, it is absolutely abysmal. It's a completely safe plant-based medicine that... in uh, the early 20th century was completely banned, and now the effects blamed on it are caused by the prohibition of it. But are you referring to cannabis? Itself, no, he's talking about opiates. I'm referring to um, opiates. You're talking about um, poppies. Morphine. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And it's just, absolutely, it's just completely um, the prohibition is what causes the problems that are blamed on it, not the medicine in and of itself. It's true. Well, um, I mean, surely it's bad to be addicted to opiates, right? I mean, I mean, I well, don't well, know. No, no, well, in, in and of itself, it's not. Well, people because, were addicted before it, prohibition. It, it, yep. Well, because if you have a, if you have a consistent supply, it, it's absolutely fine to to have it. it. It'll it cures pain. You have all these people called quote unquote addicts. It's people that are in pain that if they have a consistent supply. They will be completely fine if they can just purchase it at the store, for example. It's, well, you it, wouldn't it, want them uh, operating sh- heavy machinery when they're uh, high on it, right? Well, well, actually, well, actually I mean, actually, if you look at the studies, it, it's completely normal. I mean, I take – I'm a small business owner. I take um, – without incriminating myself, I I take shots of heroin, you know, four times a day. You would never notice it. But it's just this whole idea that – the blaming, oh, the stealing and stuff on, that's the effect of prohibition, not 
So what you're saying is because it's illegal, the people can't get a consistent, affordable supply, and so therefore they need to steal things and rob people in order to be able to afford their habits. Yeah, there's there's so much uh, misinformation about opiates, especially another thing people don't realize is that in uh, 1919, the the, uh, the Opium Convention was imposed on Germany, and Hitler actually re-legalized drugs into in a national socialist Germany. I'm not, I'm not a national socialist, but it's just kind of funny when people say Nazi drug laws. Well, drugs were legal in Nazi Germany. So it's like, about that? you know, it's just, you know, this is a, it's a pain killing plant. And it, all the problems blamed on it are the effects of prohibition, not the effects of it itself. Yeah. I think, that's, I, just, I think that's generally it, a true it, statement. It, 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 it's absolutely ruined my life because I mean I'm, I uh, the having to worry about you know how oh where did I get it from you know the money thing. Mm-hmm. Luckily I'm in a I'm I'm financially stable, so I can um, afford my habits. Right, but rich drug addicts are much less likely to be uh, knocking over convenience stores or old ladies well, yeah. in order to well, get I mean, their I, money. Again, I, again I, have, I have multiple sclerosis, so I I don't really consider myself. I've only you know just because. What other option is there? Well, I was lying in bed for three, you know, months before I took opiates the first time. I mean, what else should I do? So you're saying you're more able to conduct your life and business because of opiates as compared to whatever it was that you were doing before that? Right. Opiates save lives. They're a good thing. They they help people. Prohibition kills people. Prohibition kills. And so you have uh, sort of self-prescribed this, right? Because you said you're using heroin, so you're you're obviously not getting that through a doctor. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, again, I mean, prescription laws are a you know a, a status thing. Now, are you going online or are you using street dealers? Um, well, uh, I'm not going to admit to. This You've already admitted to using heroin four times a day. <laughs> well, I mean, but hypothetically, of course. Oh, okay. But, um, well, well, so hypothetically, yeah. are you going well, online, I mean, or if you were to buy the heroin? Hypothetically, it would be um, darknet. Okay. Okay. Uh, because that's where you know you're going to likely be able to get product that is more consistent sure. uh, than I would yeah, imagine, and, and maybe even cheaper. It's funny. It's really because I, I see you know it's like uh, Ross William Albright. He uh, is really I seem like as a martyr. He went. He really bought. You know and almost died basically for the war on, on drugs and it's really sad yeah. that um Ross Ulbricht the thing. uh the founder yeah. of the Silk Road he really did change uh, a lot he changed changed the game know, the, the whole paradigm cuz I was back there when you know bitcoin was back in that day I was in the scene back then still doing it but it's changed so much and I just, hopefully he gets out of jail I doubt he will though they really threw the book at him though they sure yeah, did. It's not looking like good. His appeal, I'm, I'm sorry to announce, uh, failed, uh, at least at the panel level. They may have another chance with a full appeals court, but who knows how much that's going to cost and how much more time yeah. uh, I mean, that that will take. His lawyer wasn't very good either. I don't think he did a very good job. I mean, his mother's claim that it wasn't really him. I think it was him, but I think he should, I think he should say, you know, hey, it was me, and I he did. for it and— he did say it was him. It was the open. Well, one thing for certain, it wasn't him, right? Um, because the the account was he logged into. 
after he was in jail. So right. um, it was and it wasn't. Right, so it was in the beginning, but it probably wasn't at the very end. The term Dread Pirate Roberts is extraordinarily appropriate because this is a title as opposed to a name. Um, and, you know, it's from The Princess Bride. And you can go watch the movie. Right. It's an awesome movie. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know. Oh, is that, is that Mark, 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 you're back. Mark? Mark's back? Mark's been back. I haven't been back for a while. Yeah. All yeah, I can say about my heroin experience or, uh, was yeah. uh, I took an oxy, half an oxycodone, and uh, when I had some of the most severe pain of my life, I had ruptured an eardrum and uh, scuba, scuba class, and it took the pain away relatively quickly, but I would have not been able to drive an automobile um, while under that, uh, you know. Yeah, not recommended uh, to be well, using that's... heavy machinery. Hey, Chris, thanks for the call. Thanks for the update you. tonight. Glad you're doing all right. Uh, more coming up here in moments. You can join us. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And you know, forgive, forgive us if we don't remember every person who's ever called Free Talk Live. We've been doing this show for more than a decade, you know, 15 years or something like that. It is Free Talk Live. One more segment remains tonight. It's coming up. It's Free Talk Live. You may join us here in these remaining moments. There's enough time for you if you dial in toll-free right now. Our number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. And we've got Skype as well. The Skype username here is lrn.fm. Joining you in our studio tonight, you've got me, Ian. And Johnson. And Mark. Also, want to make sure that you know how to support Free Talk Live. One of the best ways to do it is by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. And you can do that over at amp.freetalklive.com. A-M-P amp.freetalklive.com. It's five bucks a month. That's money that we invest into the show so we can get on more radio stations around the country. Uh, we got over 170 of them right now. We could have more than that. It just takes time and effort and money. And so you can help us with that. Five bucks a month, you get perks too, like access to the AMP only call in lines, the AMP only podcast, AMP only Facebook group, and more. Just head on over to AMP, AMP, AMP. freetalklive.com. Learn more about the program and get signed up with any major credit card, PayPal, as well as Bitcoin over at amp.freetalklive.com. To the phones, to the fun. We've got Sarah in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Sarah. Yes, um, you know, they say that 17% of the cars already have the safe auto brake. Well, I know that here in New Mexico, we have none because we only have the low-end cars. You know, because those are placed in the high-end cars, the very expensive cars. Mm -hmm. Well, so I don't think that we have any of those cars here at all. Now, when you say auto brakes, are you talking about like the newer technology where they use some sort of, I don't know, sonar or whatever to determine whether something is coming close to the car and it will automatically apply the brakes to like traction control, avoid or? an accident. Right. Um, it has like sensor cameras and mm-hmm. sensors. Um, that Forward collision and warning I detection. That it, it, uh, it has the warning. It has a beep beep. It, it tries to alert you to stop, but if it if you don't respond, it'll stop. It'll stop, stop for you. Not huh. always. My car yeah, has you forward collision sure detection. That... You can turn it off? Uh, no, my car has forward collision detection, but it does not actually stop the vehicle. Hmm. 
Depends on how new your vehicle is and, and whether or not. So it's you broken. have the ones that that alert you, but it doesn't break automatically, Correct. right? Yep. It alerts okay. you. So, so you know. I heard that they have something today. I heard this at a uh, was at a panel up in Concord uh, with Daryl W. Perry for the Libertarian Party. And just before the panel, the panelists were the committee or whatever was discussing these fancy new car features. Apparently, they have a feature now where you can like press a button and your car will parallel park itself. Anyone oh, heard yeah, about this? Heard yeah, oh, yeah, that. that's been around for a while. Yep. Yeah, but that, you know what? Those are for Rolls Royces, the top of the line Lexuses. What what cars have these? I mean, they have to pay money for it. So then that, that, that that's what you're well, saying. Well, you don't believe that people, people in New Mexico have enough money to afford the fancy cars? Right. Well, especially maybe maybe in Santa Fe and maybe Taos. Julia Roberts has a house over there. Maybe she has one of those cars. But you know, down here in Albuquerque, nobody has one of those. Nobody has those cars. Well, we own. We're do, so poor. How does we're, I know that we're going to vote down the gas tax? They're they're so broke. I mean. Well, that might be um, and, one of the reasons, though. Is uh, let me let me ask you about your vehicle registration fees. How does that work? She doesn't know. She doesn't have a I'm car. I'm asking her a question. She may know. All right, fine. Sarah, do you know how vehicle registration works? Is it a flat fee, or is it uh, based on the amount that the vehicle costs? You know, I don't know that. Okay. But it's like half the drivers don't have any. Um, how, how about this uh, insurance? They don't even have. They can just drive without. I think it's not even a. State it's probably law against the law to drive there insurance. without insurance. So it shows you how useful laws are. Um, now, what I, one thing I'd point out is is that uh, I live. You know, I've lived in Florida. I've lived in New Hampshire, and in Florida, there's a flat fee of something like forty dollars or fifty dollars to register your car per year. In New Hampshire, it's based on the value of the vehicle. So if you buy yourself a nice, expensive mm-hmm. uh, Hummer. H3 or uh, I don't know you pick uh, the the you know the expensive car then it's going to cost you a small fortune it's going to cost you what my F350 is worth every year to register that thing because they're going to hit you every single year. Now, it doesn't cost you any money to buy it because there's no sales tax, so the best thing to do is to buy your car in New Hampshire and then move it to some other state um, but you know regardless this is one way that states have a tendency to make things less safe on the road because it incentivizes people to keep old vehicles i know i'm not going to pay much on my f350 um, to register it because it isn't worth much but um you know i so i'm going to drive it to the wheels fall off rather than getting a newer safer car for everybody they're disincentivizing the taxes that are killing people sarah yeah, that's true sarah thanks for the call tonight appreciate it the toll free number 855 450 free like freedom in venezuela of course there's not much freedom although they do have cheap gasoline of course can anybody really afford to buy it at this point nearly every day according to breitbart.com they sent a reporter there secretly Uh, And this is what his report was from the streets. He'd been there in November. He says nearly every day anti-government marches take place across Venezuela, nearly all of which attract violence. So far, as many as 84 protesters have been killed since daily protests began in late March as police use water cannons, rubber bullets and smoke bombs to control the situation. Now, you're thinking to yourself, well, how are water cannons killing anybody? It's not the water cannons. It's the thugs that Maduro has given guns to, the president of the country. Water cannons will kill you. In a, uh, That's not where the 84 deaths have come from. Though. Probably it's, not. It's coming from the thugs that have been armed with real guns to and basically told, hey, you do what you got to do about these protesters. Yeah, you're not allowed to have guns in Venezuela. 
Unless you work for the folks that work for Maduro. In this case, you're unofficially working for Maduro. You're not actually getting a paycheck. You're just getting a gun. That's all they're getting out of this. They're getting the the ability to have guns and uh, have the law look the other way. Anyway, as many as 84 protesters have been killed. Uh, protests have been uh, have the feel of an out-of-control soccer crowd. There's a feeling of solidarity among people, most of whom are wearing Venezuelan flags. On the side of the street, salesmen sell what can only be described as protest merchandise, including Venezuelan flags, horns, and T-shirts. Below, the shirts read from left to right, SOS Venezuela. Whoever tires will lose. Resistance, don't surrender. Closer to police and military barriers, the protests become more tense, with the menace of violence constantly present. Many of those protesting are boys and young men in their mid-teens. This is a fight for our families, for our future, a group of masked protesters tell me. We risk our lives every day for as long as it takes to bring down this dictatorship. And uh, on a visit to the Universidad Central de Venezuela, the country's biggest university, something seemed not quite right. The university itself seems like any other, with department buildings scattered around a campus, as well as grandiose uh, facilities like sports stadiums and a stunning concert hall. Yet, despite it being a Wednesday, there are barely any students around. The situation is too serious for looking for food for students to dedicate sufficient time to studying, according to an English professor there. She says many prioritize attending anti-government marches or trying to earn money to support their families. During some of my classes, just a handful of students turn up. One of the most frustrating things, says the author here, about trying to understand Venezuela is the high level of security at places the regime would like to hide. As I enter a government-run supermarket, security guards check my pockets to see what I'm carrying. You know, here in the U.S., we have people who object to being checked on the way out of the store. Where You, you know, you have to show a receipt or whatever to prove that you bought the things that you have. We've had that discussion. Yeah, I don't here, like here. that. Well, here, they're checking you on the way in. And sure enough, they found my camera. No photos here, they say. And a similar routine takes place on the way out. I also tried my luck at a Venice. Hmm. Why do you think they don't want you to take photos uh, at a su- supermarket in Venezuela? Uh, because you'll see pictures of nearly empty shelves. I bet you're right about and that. Then, then you'll hashtag Venezuela and yep. everybody will <laughs> hashtag or, socialism. J, 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 J. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also tried my luck at the state hospital, although this time armed guards asked me to put the camera away. Nearly every public place in Caracas is guarded by police, keeping a watchful eye over the situation. Most are very meagerly paid, but still officially remain supportive of the government. That is for now. As long as they keep getting that paycheck coming in. How long are the police going to stay the police if the paychecks don't keep you know, being able to cash? Not very long. It really all comes down to the paychecks going in. Uh, what wasn't? Then they have a certain amount of problems with soldiers not getting food. Yep, and, that happened. Uh, they were sort of turning on them. Yeah. Amid the crisis, some Venezuelans have accused others of not doing enough to fight the Maduro regime. Taxi driver Nelson Alvarez. Right, nope, not all right. Do <laughs> you need some water? Mm, yep, I will. Uh, taxi driver Nelson Alvarez tells me the only way I see out of the current regime is a military coup. There's more to the story. We'll uh, post the full one on our social media, oh, no. Twitter. The citizens can just go ahead and burn down the uh, the rest of the government buildings. And Facebook. So you want to read the whole thing? We got that for you. And online, in the meantime, you can join us over at freetalklive.com. Thanks for being here. We'll see you tomorrow.
This is Riley Blake, producer of the Free Talk Live Daily Digest. In addition to the Digest, I host my own weekly podcast called Anarcho Agenda, providing you liberty-oriented content without all the statism. Subscribe to Anarcho Agenda on iTunes, Google Play, or visit anarchoagenda.lipson.com. That's A-N-A-R-C-H-O agenda.lipson, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com for further details.